This episode is brought to you by JScreen. Help prevent cancer and genetic diseases in your family. JScreen now offers CancerGen, a state-of-the-art test that analyzes the BRCA genes and over 60 other cancer susceptibility genes. This test can be life-saving. And JScreen's ReproGen test screens for over 200 genetic diseases such as Tay-Sachs and cystic fibrosis. Genetic testing for reproductive risk can save your baby's life. Both tests are done confidentially from the comfort of your home on saliva and telehealth genetic counseling is included. Visit jscreen.org to request your screening kit and claim $50 off either of these tests, Reprogen or CancerGen, with the code JLP50 at checkout at jscreen.org. Offer expires 12 2021 and applies to those residing in the U.S. This episode is brought to you by Meet to Marry. If you're sick of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so, well, uh, disappointing, then it's time to try a radically new approach to call in the loving, lasting, healthy relationship of your dreams. Start doing that today by signing up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. That's meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. Jewish Money Matters, episode 198, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. Welcome back to another Ask Yael episode. The first week back at work, for me at least, um, and really after Tishrei. And let me tell you, I, you know, I didn't take it easy. I probably went a little bit overboard as much as I told you in my newsletter that I enjoyed the prolonged break that I gave myself. I probably overdid it um, around here this week. Zero, zero balance, ladies. I will admit, admit it. Zero. Too much time doing things that pretty much should be hired out. Did you hear that I... um. I'm looking for more people to join the team um, because I need to eat and I need to sleep (laughs) and I need to work on things that I, um, that only I can do. So (laughs) I did manage to squeeze in a Zumba class. That's really good. I mean, that's an achievement. No, but in all seriousness, I did, I am, I am hiring. I have two positions available. They both require um, the person to be bilingual in Spanish and English. One position is for an administrative assistant and one is for content manager in Spanish. So if you're listening to this and you want to learn more, shoot me an email, yael at jewishlatinprincess.com and I'll send you all the details. Now on the podcast front, it was a great week kicking it off with Hillel Fold on Monday. Hillel is a tech journalist and marketer in Israel, super dynamic. He promotes Israeli tech, very, very interesting conversation. Go back and listen to that episode if you didn't catch it. It's Monday's episode. Um, In fact, I'll go ahead and address something that he said about his personal finances and how he manages his finances at the moment and share some thoughts of mine here here on the show. We also had one mini-sode on Wednesday on the correlation between 
net worth and self-worth. Lots of great feedback on that. I'm very glad, very happy that it was inspiring. Let's go ahead and pick our reviewer of the week. This reviewer made me laugh hysterically. Okay, so this reviewer (laughs) is... Um, her, her name on iTunes is K. so D-A-J-O-Y-K. Anyway, she left this review um, September and she says, not what I expected and I enjoy more than I expected. I stopped listening right away when I figured out it was about finance. However, I never unsubscribed. The name is so great. I just couldn't. Happy face. I finally gave this another try and she brings such a different depth to Bunny Matters. Jewish references and halacha come to life. Nothing too dry and she speaks to all incomes. So any hesitant Henrietta, sorry, I had to say that with Spanish accent. Any any hesitant Henrietta still out there can give this a listen. All right, this was hysterical. I'm so glad that, um, that you're still with us and that you're encouraging all the hesitant Henrietta's out there to listen to the show. And you know, now that you say about the name, I, I feel bad that I've changed the name. Had I know how much, had I known how much you loved it, and maybe I would have reconsidered. In all seriousness, seriousness, what what will be with the Jewish Latin princess name? Do you guys want to tell me? Does it just completely disappear from the world? I mean, I'm holding to my Instagram handle for the moment, but you know, it won't be my website anymore. That's uh, probably going to change. So um, we shall see. But anyways, the Joy K, be in touch and I'll send you a calendar link for us to get together. Uh, thank you for that great review. Today, we have a bunch of questions from Bitcoin to 403B plans, retirement plans to how to help husband grow 10 to $20,000, rebalancing portfolios. But before we hit the mailbag, I want to address Monday's episode and Hillel's answer to the financial habits question. Again, if you haven't listened, please go back and take a listen. But I want to make sure that you guys recognize that everybody's on a journey and that you appreciate when a person is being honest and says, listen, I don't really have much of a financial strategy other than work really hard to make a lot of money to provide for my family. Um, Because that's something that he he said, basically. And um, but he also in, in the he also said that he's starting to get the feeling that he should probably be doing more, right? And he used the word adulting, right? And he's starting to take some steps to in the direction that that he hasn't been done before. He hasn't built those habits yet. Um, and I appreciate that answer. And I wanna I I wanna highlight it. I wanna highlight the fact that it was really honest. Listen, this is this is how I'm doing it, and I know I could be doing something different. Um and he recognizes it. And I want you to see that, that the, you know, just being on the treadmill of making money and generating revenue to finance our lifestyle is not necessarily like a sustainable thing. And it's probably not the smartest strategy, right? I mean, it is very important to keep maximizing our income generating potential, no doubt, super important, but we can't count on that energy and that stamina to continue forever or our desire even to continue on that pace at that pace forever or in a certain field forever so so we also have to take certain kind of like boring quote-unquote adulting steps to make our money 
grow, right? To make our money kind of work for us, grow while we're sleeping, while we're working, while we're having fun, while we're doing all the other things that we enjoy, right? Um, and, you know, so, yeah, that that's, that's what it is. Some of our dollars need to be saved for shorter term things that we might want to finance so that we don't fall into the trap or of having to finance them on expensive credit in the event that the cash flow that we normally receive is from our work at a given time is just not there when we need it or want it right and then some of those dollars need to be invested so that they grow and they work while we do other things so that's my two cents on the financial habits piece of that interview and I wanted to make sure that I clarify that and that you guys understood my perspective and but at the same time um know that I appreciated the honesty. And I'm glad that somebody came on and said, I don't have it all figured out, right? But I recognize that I'm taking steps. And um, I thought that was really, really neat. Um, If you didn't listen to it yet, go ahead, you definitely will enjoy the episode. So let's get started with Malka. Malka has a question about retirement. She says, I have a 403b that my school provides, the school that she teaches at, and I contribute $100 monthly to it, but I'm not understanding what's happening to the money. It seems like I'm paying a lot of fees on the invested money. Isn't there a better way I could be investing that money? Also, if I could be investing this money elsewhere, why would I invest it in this 403b? So I followed up with Malka with a few additional questions regarding her age, her income level, her savings, and you know, her overall financial situation and picture. And based on what I heard, here's my answer. So well, the first thing I'll start is by saying congratulations on putting some money aside from retire for retirement, and signing up for the plan um, that your school offers. And I'm glad to see that schools are offering this. um, apparently in the Jewish world, she works for a Jewish school. In terms of the fees, you know, it may be true, Malka, that you're paying high fees. um, Because sometimes the retirement plans, you know, have mutual funds or, or target date funds, or, you know, some options that are a little bit pricier than than, you know, what an index fund might be, for example. Um, So what I would do, how would I look at this is I would go in to your retirement plan, you log in and you look at the options that the plan offers you. And you look at the one that you've selected, you probably already signed up for one, as you said, you're seeing the money is growing, but not, but you're also seeing a high fee being deducted from your, um, from your earnings. And so you feel like you're not making that much money. Now, I did find out from Malka, to clarify for listeners that she has indeed chosen chosen a target date retirement plan. Um, and I do tend to raise a little bit of an eyebrow at those because they do tend to be somewhat expensive relative to, let's say, other index funds. However, we don't always have all the options that are at our disposal when, when we are investing through an employee-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 403B. So what I would do is look at the options that I have within the plan. Again, they might be a little bit limited. And I would see, of all these options, I would look at a few things. What is the expense ratio of these options? How much does it cost to invest my dollars in these these assets, in these stocks? And there might be even bond funds there. 
And I would also look at the 10-year performance of the funds that are available to you. And then based on that, and based on your different goals and your risk tolerance, and the time, by goals, I mean really a time horizon that you have, then you decide where you want to invest, what portion and what portion of the money that you're investing you want to invest there. So that's to say that you don't necessarily have to use a target date fund, although those tend to be the easy route, right? It's like you do that and it's getting done. If, if you if you just want to set it all up on autopilot and forget about it, um, then that's a good option. I, I mean, at the risk of not doing anything, it's better to just do that, okay? But do know that, yes, there are cheaper alternatives within even within your employee-sponsored retirement plan. So the key here is for you, if you're feeling like... Uh, there are other options. Yes, there are. Open up the options that are within that retirement plan and compare them to the one that you pre-selected, which is the the retirement fund. And you'll probably discover that there are index funds in there. I'm not sure, you know, but most likely in this day and age, I would assume that you would you will have something. Um, you'll have some fund, possibly you know, not just mutual funds, but possibly an index fund that follows the S&P 500 and other funds that you could consider putting some money in. And and um, and so you could choose to do that. But again, the beauty of the target date fund is that it decides for you how much you will own in stocks and bonds, and it'll adjust the allocation as you get closer to retirement. You'll you, you will you will see that as you're getting closer, you're not going to be assuming as much risk, right? So you're going to be less invested in stocks and more invested in bonds. And you don't have to do that yourself. The The fund is automatically doing it for you. That's why it's called a target date fund. So it assumes like, let's say you're retiring in, I don't know, 2035, right? So by a certain date, it just starts adjusting your allocation. Okay. Um, So this is why it's really, really convenient. Okay. But it might cost a little bit more. So if you choose among other options in your plan, you yourself will manually have to make the decision of how much of your investment of your right now $100 a month, you want to allocate towards each of the different fund options that are available to you, um, stock funds, bond funds, international funds, whatever options there are available. And then over time, you might want to go back and make sure that you're okay with that allocation based on your age and your risk tolerance, okay? Now, to her question, is there a better way I could be investing that money? <laughs> my, 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 my answer is, sure, there probably is. But the question is really, are you? And the reason I asked that is because I found out, having gotten a little bit of a sense of the financial picture, um, I found out that she didn't have um, much in liquid savings. There was like um, a couple thousand dollars in cash and then the uh, a low balance in that retirement account. And she was already approximately 50 years old. So the answer to that is, while there might be other options, did you ever use them, right? So, and and the answer is no, you didn't. So your employer is doing you a huge favor by allowing you to be quote unquote forced to invest, right? Allowing you to never see that money. 
and 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 then that money goes and gets invested because if you if we it's not just maka it's kind of human behavior right left to our own devices we know that we probably won't do it and in her case she's seen it throughout her adult life even though the options existed they are available right she didn't do it so sure there are options but other options but the question is you know are we utilizing them so the font the retirement account is really um really a huge step and um utilize it that's 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 what that's that's my advice just stick through it in fact i would say as soon as you can start adding more um to the account and you know don't think that the grass is greener on the other side utilize that plan that you have accessible to you and get serious about increasing your liquid savings of course and increasing your contribution then to that retirement plan as well yes to sum it up pay attention to the fees but know that in your situation that is not nearly as important as paying attention to your earnings your spending and your savings okay so that really is important here um to get too hung up on whether i'm paying too you know uh 0.6 percent on an index fund versus you know point is seven percent or point two or you know it, it just it's not it's not as relevant here as much as the savings cushion that you have and and you know getting that moving Reproductive genetic testing before marriage has been a widely accepted practice in our community for decades. And because of this, fewer babies have been born with genetic diseases. The process really works. I've done it, and so will my children one day, please God. But with the advances in modern technology, there's even more we could be doing, and JScreen is here to help. JScreen provides affordable at-home testing and genetic counseling via telehealth. Their testing panel consists of over 200 conditions and was carefully designed with the health of the Jewish community in mind. And did you know that Ashkenazi Jewish men and women face a 1 in 40 risk of carrying mutations in the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes? This is more than 10 times the risk in the general population. When a person knows they carry one of these mutations before they develop cancer, they can take advantage of available options for medical management and cancer risk reduction. This test saves lives. Whether kids are in your future or you want to know your risk of cancer, take control. Genetic testing saves lives. Go to jscreen.org today and claim $50 off testing with the code JLP50. That's jscreen.org code JLP50. Okay, good luck with that, Malka. Hana asks, Yael, do you invest in cryptocurrency? So, Hana, the answer is no, I don't. But I will say that there are a number of exchange-traded funds, ETFs, that invest in companies that are using blockchain technology. As you know, that's the technology that cryptocurrencies use. Um, so that to me is interesting. It's an interesting way of getting into crypto without buying any cryptocurrency, right? Uh, and 
the way I personally see it, it's I'm I'm not in that place. Like I'm not that person. I'm not in that place um, because to me, crypto is I consider it an alter what we what we call in the financial world an, an alternative investment, right? That if, if I was in a position, if I were in a position where I had quote unquote play money, as I like to call it, you know, which is totally extra money, all of my other goals were funded and I have money that if I lose it, I wouldn't, you know, if, if anything happened to it, it wouldn't do anything to my ability to fund all the things that are important to me. Like I wouldn't get derailed, you know, in any of my goals, then perhaps, perhaps I would consider it as one of the things I would do, you know, kind of like I said, for play money, right? And again, there are many who would say, well, that's kind of silly advice. It's a great opportunity. But that is a great opportunity if you want to really get into it, if you want to sit and be learning and really get into it. I I'm not interested in learning about crypto. I'm not interested in speculating, which is really involved in this type of trading, um, speculating whether it be with crypto or with stocks, honestly, right? Um, so <laughs> I I really believe in doing other things with my time and with my resources. And, you know, having said that, I do think that the blockchain technology which is associated with crypto tech currency is um, is here to say is here to stay, and um, so I think there's an interesting opportunity for all of us to add it to our portfolios and make sure that it's there um, by investing in, like I said, these exchange traded funds that are related to the blockchain technology because. What they do is they own stocks in this this fund. You'll have access to stocks of companies that either have business operations in blockchain technology or profit from it in some way. And some examples that you might be familiar with are Square, uh, PayPal, right? Those are companies that are that are in these types of funds. Um, one of them that you could look for, I mean, there are several, but one of that comes to mind is very easy to remember is Block, B-L-O-K. Um, and you can buy that on Vanguard or wherever, wherever, else you, wherever else you invest. Okay, so I will link to an article. Um, there's an article on Next Advisor website that explains this in a lot more detail, and then you might find it helpful. It's called How Investors Can Get In on Crypto Without Actually Buying Any. I'll link to it on the show notes. And um, and yeah, that's what I do. I don't do it, but I'm definitely for the idea of owning some of these ETFs um, for myself and for my children. Okay, we have a question here from Anonymous about rebalancing. Yeah, Elle, do I want to tell Vanguard, obviously she's investing with Vanguard, to rebalance my portfolio? Before I answer that, let me explain what rebalancing means. Hey, are you sick and tired of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how come other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so disappointing? Is this the year that you want all that to change? It's time to try a radically new approach. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is a definition of insanity, period. Sign up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men, and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love 
Love Masterclass. There you'll learn from Barry Lyman, founder of the Meet to Marry Method, endorsed by author and educator Steve Covey as smart, principled, and engaging. Ready for change? Ready to finally find your soulmate? You know you are. Sign up for the free masterclass at meettomarry.com forward slash Jewish Love Masterclass. Rebalancing is the process of realigning the, what do we call it in English? The weightings, I think is the word, like the the percentages, the, yeah, the weightings um, of a portfolio of assets, right? So what it involves is periodically buying or selling the assets that you have in a portfolio so that you can maintain the desired asset allocation or risk that you've determined is, you know, to your liking. So Let's say, to be simple, that you wanted to be invested 50% in stocks and 50, 50% in bonds. That sits well with you. It goes well with your risk tolerance, right? You don't want to take too much risk in the stock market and you want it balanced with some bonds. And that's how you, you know, just as an aside, that's probably not the best example because the pretty kind of like conservative stance. And if you're anywhere below age 50 or 55, you should be pretty heavily invested in stocks versus bonds. But again, just for simplicity, it has to do, you know, with your risk tolerance and the time horizon that you have to navigate the um, the swings in the stock market. So going back with the example, we're going to try to, you know, talk about how, how does it work? I have a portfolio that I want allocated 50-50, stocks, 50% bonds. What is rebalancing? What happens? Here we go. Over a given period of time, your stocks will have performed, right? Things will have happened with those assets. And so with that performance, the dollar amount might have increased. So your the value of your portfolio might now be, let's say, 70% stocks and 30% bonds because there was a growth in the price of those stocks. There was a value, right? So now... Even though you actually want it to be in a 50-50 allocation, because you're you have 50%, there's a 50% that is stocks that you own, it has increased in price substantially relative to the other 50% in bonds, then the weights of the portfolio have shifted. And so one needs to have someone be it yourself, or you hire a financial certified financial planner who goes in and makes the decision to sell some stocks and buy some bonds to get the portfolio back to the original target allocation of 50-50. Okay. But most likely you, like myself, are not going to do that. <laughs> and most likely, you're not working with a financial planner who does that. Although I shouldn't say that. Maybe you are. But and, and if you and if you are, please, please make sure that they're doing it. It's part of their job. They should be doing that for you. Okay. Therefore, as this listener asks, since she's working with Vanguard, she's using a platform where she's managing her own money. Should she tell Vanguard? She'll. Should she check that box, basically, that asks, do you want us to rebalance, right? Should she tell them to rebalance her, her portfolio? And the answer is yes. Yes, you want the computer technology to do that rebalancing for you. 
And that's part of the beauty of using these types of technologies that we talk about on the show, like robo-advisors or low-cost brokers, because many of them offer you the option of auto-rebalancing, which is super convenient and super important to do if you don't really want to be messing with this and doing this, you know, every once a year at the very least, right? Or maybe even twice a year. If you're not working with an individual who will do it, if you don't want to do it yourself or you're not working with an individual who'll do it for you, then you want to have, you you want to, you need to have it done. And so, yes, you need to tell Vanguard to please go ahead and do it automatically. Have the technology work for you and help you. That's why it's there. Talking about, you know, Monday's episode, we talk a little bit about fintech, financial technology. Listen, this is this is the, the great, you know, the great advantages of having this type of financial technology at our fingertips. All right, last question is from Bella. Bella says that during my youth, I used to have an interest in the financial markets, but I never did much with that. So now that my husband and I are in a different and better financial position, I'd like to get more involved and learn more. I asked my husband if I should have some money, uh, if I could have some money to just to grow for us. And he said he could give me ten to $20,000 to invest. We don't need this money. We have... Uh, no debt, but we also don't have any money invested. We own a business that is very profitable and we have um, a lot of money basically sitting in cash. So although we have money, I feel like we're not being strategic or, or organized. What's my first step? Okay, so first number one, it's a good situation to be in. Great situation, actually. Um, however, having too much cash as you sort of already kind of into it um, is not such a great idea. You need a little bit more of a strategy here because yes, cash is king. It's super important, but up to a certain amount. Remember that our banks are FIDC insured up to $250,000 in deposits. And so while you can work around that and have several institutions and all that, you know, you really have to consider the fact that that much money sitting in cash in the bank loses purchasing power against inflation. So to say it very practically, anything beyond these two things, number one, your opportunity fund, which is what people outside of the show typically call an emergency fund. And that can be anywhere between three and 12 months of your living expenses and or any short term savings goals that you might have. So anything beyond those two categories, you want to have invested in other assets. And ones that, you know, the the one that tends to be the most liquid, um, and at the same time, yield consistent results over the long term is the stock market. So again, just to clarify, remember cash is important to have, but it also loses purchasing power to inflation. So you want to have your money beating inflation. And the primary way to do that is investing our savings, our cash in a vehicle that offers a better return than what you would get, you know, in a money market or in a savings account. So that could be I mentioned the stock market, but really that could be real estate. It could be the stock market. It could be individual stocks. It could be businesses. There are many, many ways. It could be crypto. But I would say that the one category with the lowest barrier to entry and that everyone should have something on, like some hands on, some participation on, is the overall stock market. Um, you know, some people are really into real estate, like we've said he- here on the show, or really, you know, 
want to get adventurous and 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 be in, involved in crypto or want to trade individual stocks and that's great like we talked two weeks ago with Joel Solomon, right? Yes, but if you have access to investing in a plain vanilla retirement account and having your money grow tax deferred there for you in the overall stock market, following the overall stock market, do that also. You know what I mean? Like just it's just it's 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 just it's a no-brainer because of the way the stock market performs over time. Um so Bella, I don't know the particular situation. Um I don't know if you've already invested in any tax advantage retirement accounts, but it sort of sounds like you haven't. Um, so if you haven't, you probably want to consider that before you open a regular brokerage account. Um, and so this this these will be your two steps. Invest in tax advantage retirement accounts if you can. And, you know, it also depends on the income limits. Um, and you probably want to talk to an accountant about that. So discuss with your, with your accountant both options, investing investing in um, tax deferred um, retirement accounts or in regular, you know, taxable brokerage accounts, he'll he'll be able to help you. Um, um, since there are tax implications, obviously, a certified financial planner also might be able to help you understand both alternatives. But you know, in terms of the how to, you can open any of these in a, the, the brokerage account or the retirement account. Again, the particular type of retirement account is going to depend on your income and the type of business that you and your husband own and definitely consult with an accountant. But you can open any of these um, in one of the online platforms, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, Betterment, all of them. Um, they're fairly easy to use and it's very easy to select your investment options um, and they usually have great customer service. But to wrap up your situation with the 10 to 20K, okay, Again, if you have that much money sitting in cash and your husband wants to give you this as play money, I think you, even before you make a decision about what to do with that money, I think it's first important for you guys to have a conversation with him about those strategic decisions that seem to be worrying you because you started the question with the 10 to 20K, you know, what do I do with it? But it, you ended up with like, but I know we have all this cash and I think like we need a plan, right? So you really want to start having the conversation and taking some action. Like where do we really want our money to be parked and why? What What is the allocation that we really want to have? What are those goals? What Where's the money for those goals, et cetera? So how much of that money should be, should we, of our money, should we be investing right now for retirement or for older age? And so these decisions right now are more critical than what you do with ten to $20,000. So I'm not giving you a very exciting answer, but I'm giving you a more, you know, kind of like adult, boring and practical answer. <laughs> Sorry, call me boring. All right. Great questions. Malka, Hana, Anonymous and Bella. Listeners, keep sending those in via DM on Instagram at Jewish Latin Princess or you can always email me. And this week is Parsha's Noah, definitely one related to the topic of this show. So keep an eye out for an email from me with some lessons this Torah portion offers us regarding financial turbulence. If you've not subscribed to my newsletter, which I doubt you haven't, but just in case, you can do that at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash newsletter. And you want to make sure you do that because I do share a lot of content 
um, in a really friendly, casual way. I love writing my newsletter. And those of you who heard from me on, on Monday, thank you to all the responses. Boy, you guys are amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it was, it was whether the content of the newsletter was good or because, you know, there was nothing else to do. We couldn't Facebook, we couldn't Instagram, we couldn't WhatsApp. So everybody was responding or a combination of both, perhaps. But I enjoyed uh, interacting with you guys on Monday through the newsletter. So make sure you sign up for that. An email will be in your inbox regarding this week's Parsha, jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash newsletter. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember to leave a review and rating. That is the best way to help the growth of the show and to help many other women like yourself get access to it. And and really, I I really want to say that it just happens so much that I talk to women and I ask them, like, how did you find the show? And they will sell. You know, I, I was just looking for something and iTunes recommended the show. I just happened to find it. And it's not coincidence. You know, I think it's coincidence, but there is something um, to the fact that your reviews help. So keep them coming. And of course, I will be choosing a reviewer of the week every week and giving them the chance for us to chat and ask me any questions, which is always really fun. And I look forward to it. Have a Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.